0: I am excited to be with you today, Calvary, and I'm going to invite you uh, to take your Bibles or your Bible apps and turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Hey, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, uh, then uh, we would love to give you one. Uh, Here at Calvary, we believe the Bible is the Word of God that tells us what to believe and how to live. And we want everyone to have a Bible and read the Bible because we know if you do that, God's going to change your life. And so it's just an offer we have. If you're watching this and you don't own uh, the Word of God, we'd be glad to send you one, deliver one to you. If you live in Hawaii, I'll personally bring it. Uh, It's just my commitment to the Word of God and to Hawaii. So anyway, uh, uh, go ahead and find Acts chapter one. Let me tell you a story. Uh, 18 years ago, uh, I took my first sabbatical as pastor of Calvary. Uh, I'd been at the church for 10 years. Uh, Calvary had grown from like a hundred people to over 500 and things were going good. But I was tired. Really, I was burned out. I just didn't know what the term was at the time. And uh, and thankfully, the church gave me a a month off to rest, to enjoy my family and just to reconnect with God. And the focal point of that month off was a week that I spent uh, in solitude. I went up to a cabin in the mountains it was just me and my Bible and I met God there and I wanted God to restore my soul and and I wanted desperately to hear from him and I did and I did it was a great uh it was a great month off it was a great week where I I just met God and God just uh, renewed my spirit and and gave me the strength to, to continue doing ministry and joy and and kind of reset life but but I heard from him and uh can I just tell you, it wasn't what I wanted to hear. It really wasn't. I mean, I was, I was hoping to hear, you know, from God about what the future was going to be and what he wanted uh, Calvary to become. And the overriding message that I heard from God that first week was wait. Wait. You know, like, be still and know that I am God. Wait. Wait. It it was, you know, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It was wait and I was not thrilled, but I knew that was exactly what God was telling me to do. And I came back from the sabbatical and I shared with some leaders, here's what God laid on my heart. And some of them actually kind of ridiculed me for it. Like that's not really leadership. Uh, And and I didn't know what God was going to do, but I knew that God was telling me to wait. Well, God demonstrated his power during that, that next season while I was waiting. God demonstrated his power by removing a cancerous leadership from our church. It was the school administrator who was embezzling money and trying to divide the church. God preserved unity in Calvary and he prepared Calvary to be the church that we are today. God was doing that while I was waiting. You see, there is grace to be found in waiting well. Let me say that again, there is grace to be found in waiting well. Uh, We as a nation, as a community, as a congregation, we're in a period of waiting. We, we all know that, we all feel that. We're, we're kind of waiting for what's next with the virus, what's gonna happen, what's the, what, what are the governments gonna decide? What are we gonna do about schools? What are we gonna do about the economy? What are we gonna do about masks? All this is waiting, what is opening, what is closing? We're waiting to see about our nation and the division and unrest that seems to be everywhere. We're wondering who's rioting now and where and f- f- what is their reason? Uh, what's going to happen in the election? We're all waiting with bated breath about, okay, is, is our candidate going to win? And, and the big question that we're all waiting for, when is life going to get back to normal? Right? We're waiting and we don't like it. I mean, I know many of you, uh, when I see you out and about, you're saying, hey, when are we going to get back to, you know, in-person worship? We're, we're desperate to be on-site worship Well, the answer is September 5th and 6th. And some of you have asked, what are we waiting for? Uh, If you still wonder about that, uh, please check out the the video we made and sent out this week, kind of an update about waiting uh, and about the restart and relaunch of on-site worship uh, here at Sweetwater. So we're waiting and we don't like it, but there is grace to be found in waiting well. Uh, That brings us to our passage today. It's a story of waiting well. Uh, And it's a passage that, honestly, in 28 years of being the pastor of Calvary, I've never preached on or taught on this passage before. Uh, And so I'm kind of excited about this. Let me give you the setting. This is uh, after the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, it's after the ascension of Jesus. He's kind of given his his, uh, last words to the apostles. He was ascended to heaven. The angel said, you know, Jesus is going to come back the same way. And that's where we pick up. Uh, I'm going to pick up in verse 14 of Acts chapter one, verses uh, 11 and 12, or 12 and 13, kind of say the apostles got together. Uh, they that names the 11 apostles that are left, and it says this: all these these apostles, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons, in all was about 120, and said, "Brothers." The scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For Judas was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a fear field with the reward of the wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all of his bowels gushed out. It's kind of gross, isn't it? But he died. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their own language, akeldama that is, field of blood, for it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate, let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, And Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. You see, the apostles were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's what they're doing. In this point in time, Jesus has left them. He's told them that they're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And and they're going to be His witnesses all throughout the world. And now they are waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. They're waiting for the power of God. And here's the question. What did they do while they were waiting? What did they do while they were waiting? I want you to just kind of look at this because they were very intentional as they waited. Verse 14, all of these with uh, one accord were doing what? They were devoting themselves to prayer. They were devoting themselves to prayer. They, they prayed. They didn't just kill time. They didn't goof off. They didn't you know binge watch Netflix uh, or Hulu. They focused on God. They sought God asking for direction, asking for clarity, asking for wisdom and probably asking for patience right? I mean, the apostle Peter is one of them. And, you know, if you've read the gospels, he doesn't have any patience. And they're waiting and they're being intentional while they're waiting. And they're being reflective while they're waiting, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, it says in, in verse 16, Peter got up and, and said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested him. He, they, they start reflecting on what happened. They said, hey, here's what took place. Here's the events. How did we fail? What did we learn? They, they, were, they were reflective on all these things, trying to make sense out of what happened. And then, of course, they were preparing. They were preparing. Uh, now, this is very practical, but the rest of the passage talks about how uh, since Judas was gone, they decided to choose a replacement for, for Judas. And, and, I, and I love the story. It's, it's always been kind of one of those awkward little things where they go, okay, we've got to replace Judas because there are 12 tribes. There have been 12 apostles. One of us is gone. He's a traitor. He died, but we've got to put somebody in his place. And, and, and they were so practical, they narrowed it down to two men that they thought fit the qualifications, Justice and Matthias. And then they trusted God to decide. I mean, I don't, I don't know how comfortable I would be with this, but it fit their culture. They cast lots to decide who God wanted, Matthias or Justice, to be one of the 12 apostles. And, and God chose Matthias. Uh, when I get to heaven, I want to hang out with Justice. Because he didn't create a problem over that. He didn't get upset. He didn't go off complaining and gossiping and whining and creating dissension about not being the 12th apostle. He went, okay, God made his choice. I'm good with that. Isn't that that just a a really fascinating kind of moment? He trusted God. But why did they do that? Why did they want to replace that, that, that 12th apostle? They were building infrastructure for the mission. Right? Jesus told them the mission, you're going to receive power, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses all over the world. And they're like, we've got to get ready for the mission. We've got to replace one of the twelve. Uh, now, I, I share this knowing that there are many people of faith who, uh, who really like to dismiss planning and preparation as being unspiritual. Why can't we just trust God? Why can't we just listen to the Holy Spirit? Why can't we just uh, let God move and lead us and the Spirit lead us and we'll just do that? Uh, Look, I I read the Bible and I know that, that God works powerfully and God works spontaneously and God works surprisingly. But I also know that God works powerfully and spontaneously and surprisingly through prepared people. Let me say that again. God works powerfully and spontaneously and surprisingly through people who are prepared for him to work. And that's what the apostles were doing. They were getting prepared for God to work. They didn't know what God was going to do. They they really didn't. But they knew God was going to do something. And so they were committed to being ready when God started working in their midst. That's what they were doing. While they were waiting, they were getting prepared. They were prepared for God's purpose. They were gonna be witnesses of everything they had seen and heard. They were getting prepared for God's power. They were surrendered to the leadership of Jesus. They would do whatever God asked them to do. And by the way, God asked them to suffer. God asked them to endure hardship and pain. They were surrendered. They were prepared for God's people Look they were in the midst of Jerusalem and they knew that they were surrounded by thousands of people who were desperate for the hope of the gospel that that there is forgiveness and eternal life in Jesus Christ So they were waiting They were waiting intentionally they were waiting you know reflecting they were waiting preparing and, and Calvary I want you to know that we are waiting We are waiting I mean, like you, we want normalcy, okay? I just confess. Uh, I, I want things to go back to normal. Uh, I want on-site worship. I, I want to, you know, get to the next whatever it's going to be instead of just playing this game of, you know, what's going on this week kind of thing. Uh, but, but we want normalcy. We want clarity. Like you, uh, we're waiting for the power of God to be revealed in amazing ways. Let me say that again. We are waiting... For the power of God to be revealed in amazing ways. And by the way, we're accustomed to the life-changing power of God being expressed here at Calvary. We're used to seeing miracles happen. We're, we're used to hearing amazing stories of redemption and restoration. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we've seen almost 120 baptisms since the coronavirus shutdown started. Almost 120 people have said, I choose Jesus to be my savior. I want to proclaim him to the world. I'm an unashamed follower of Jesus. And I am declaring my uh, love for Jesus in the act of baptism. By the way, if you want to get baptized, we'd be happy to help you obey Jesus. It's what we do. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've never been baptized, let us know. And we'll be glad to set up a time to baptize you here in our facility. We'll videotape it for the church to enjoy. You can schedule it for when we reopen in September. Or, hey, you can just simply say, I'm going to get baptized in the lake and we'll meet you down there and we'll make it happen. Because we want to see you take that step of obedience as well. But see, we're, we're, we're seeing a demonstration of God's power in our midst right now. But I believe God wants to do even greater things. I, I believe God wants to do amazing things in our midst. Uh, last year, we set a goal of, of reaching 4,000 people with the gospel in Lake Havasu City and Parker uh, by the year 2027. 4,000 people. Uh, and, uh, and here's the thing. I know that God could do that tomorrow. I know that God could do that tomorrow, but we're getting ready for God to do a work in the next seven years of just seeing amazing things happen. So we are waiting. And right now we're waiting intentionally. We're praying. I mean, a little over a week ago, we had a uh, 24-hour time of prayer here at Sweetwater Campus and virtually all over America. And hundreds were praying and seeking God and asking God to intervene on behalf of the congregation and the community and the nation. We're being intentional about praying. Uh, we're intentional about contacting. We've been reaching out to, to everybody who's connected with Calvary. And if we haven't reached out to you, it's because we don't have your information. So please, you know, go to our website and give us your information so we can consider you part of the Calvary family as well. And, and we're being intentional about learning. I mean, everything's new, right? And so we've been, we've been going to school again. That's what it feels like. I've been going taking webinars and reading and, and, and we're getting consulting and just all this stuff that's, that's teaching us. So we're trying to get ready for, for next. And of course, we've been reflecting. During this time when everything seems to stop, we've been evaluating what's been working, what's been good, what hasn't been. Uh, and it's been kind of painful and kind of exciting because we want to make things better. And of course, we're preparing. We're preparing, because Calvary Online is here to stay. And, and we've had to upgrade equipment, and we're looking for people uh, to help lead it, but we want to make it stronger and healthier. We want to see it grow, so we're trying to build an infrastructure for the mission of God so he can do amazing things to our online ministry. In fact, we're looking for leaders. Uh, we're looking for people who can be online service hosts. We're looking for people who can provide tech help. Uh, That's kind of at our location at Sweetwater. Uh, We're looking for people who can be life group leaders, whether in-person or whether virtually, because we're going to have virtual life groups and we're going to have in-person life groups and we're probably going to have hybrid life groups. And we're looking for life group leaders. So please help. Yeah, we're asking you to help. And if you're interested in helping in any of those ways or in other ways, just contact us. Go to our website and fill out one of the serve cards, serve forms, and, and, and come join us. We would love to include you in this ministry, getting ready for what God is going to do in amazing ways. Now, some of you may be listening to this and you might be a little bit skeptical, I mean, I'm kind of a skeptic at heart, so when I hear people talking about stuff, I'm kind of like, really, how's that going to happen? What's going to take place? And, and so maybe you're asking, do, do you really believe that God will do anything through his people when it seems like the world is falling apart? I mean, you, we just look around us and, and we see a nation divided, an economy that's been shut down, fear is accelerating, and, and riots are pervasive, and then there's that whole virus thing. Is God really gonna do anything when the world is a mess like this? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. God is working and movements of God's power usually begin out of seasons of disruption and brokenness. Let me say that again. Movements of God's power usually begin out of seasons of brokenness and disruption and chaos. And right now our world is broken. We know that. Our nation seems like it's cracking. We know that our community is hurting. People's lives have been shattered by by this whole event that we've been living through. And the good news is this. God is ready to redeem. God is ready to redeem. At this moment of despair and hopelessness, the message of the gospel and the light of God's love is gonna shine with power like we've never seen it before. Not in our lifetimes. I really believe that, I really believe that. We're waiting, but here's the key. I really want you to hear this. If we wanna see God work in amazing ways, we have to crave Jesus more than we desire normal. We have to crave Jesus more than we desire normal. Because all of us want normal. We all want things to return to normal. Whatever normal is in our minds. And we're all hoping for some normalcy. And what we've done is we've created an an idol out of normal. And we've begun to worship normal rather than Jesus. And we want normal more than we want the power of God in our midst. I mean, I'll just confess, I got to that point where I wanted normal more than I seemed to want God's will. And I had to repent of that. I had to acknowledge that. And I had to say, you know what? God, I want you. I want Jesus in my life more than I want any sense of normalcy. Let this world be chaos. Let it be out of control. Let it be crazy. Just give me more of Jesus. Let me get really down and dirty. That means if, if we want to see the power of God, that means that we have to want to lead people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus more than we want to see our candidate win the election. That's what it means. It means that we must desire to see God's power revealed more than we want to see economic health and stability for our nation. And for ourselves. We have to want Jesus more than we want normal. We have to want Jesus more than we want safe. We have to want Jesus more than we want power. You see, I believe that God is getting ready to unleash his power in our nation, in our world, in our church. And we are waiting to see that happen. So I close with this question How are you waiting? how are you waiting? We're in a season of waiting. Told you we want you to wait well. There's a lot of grace to be found in waiting well. Is your hope set on returning to normal or is it set on the person of Jesus? Are you consumed with anxiety over COVID or are you able to express gratitude to God for His goodness? Are you contemplating economic and societal collapse, you know, stocking up on ammo for the coming revolution? Or are you praying for a revival of God's power in our midst? You see, there's a lot of people in our community that are waiting right now in fear and dread. They're terrified about tomorrow. They're worried about getting sick and dying or their loved ones getting sick and dying. And, and, and this is the world that we're living in right now. There's anger, there's unrest, and we're waiting. If you're a follower of Jesus, if, if you really believe that Jesus is the one and only Son of God and Savior of the world, you actually believe Jesus died on the cross to for your sins personally, and you believe that he was raised from the dead, and you've made that commitment to follow Jesus with your life, can I just challenge you to accept God's call to wait in faith? God God wants you and me to wait in faith. That that means he wants us to wait for God's power to move in our midst. He he wants us to expect people to respond to the hope we have in Jesus Christ. He, He wants us to pray for the miraculous provision of God. And he wants us to anticipate a new day of spiritual awakening. He wants us to wait well. So today, what are you waiting for? And how are you waiting? Are you waiting well? Are you waiting in fear? Are you waiting with hope? Are you consumed with anger? Do you expect great things from God? Or are you expecting disaster? You see, today, my prayer is that you are waiting well. Will you pray with me? Father, this is your world, and you are in control of it, and we trust you with it. And while the world seems crazy around us, while we're waiting for things to go back to normal, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit. You'd give us an anticipation of, of just the amazing power of God. And Father, I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our church to accomplish your mission in the way that you wanna see it accomplished. God, we believe that that there are thousands of people in our communities that need you. And we believe you're gonna use this ministry and these people that are watching right now to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of God with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So meet us here. Send us out and let us see your power come to pass as we wait for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship the living God.